Hello and welcome to episode 118 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always, and with me today via Zoom, we have Brandon Stevens. Brandon, say hello to the people. Jeremy, what's up? Ricardo, what's up? Okay, well, Brandon gave it away, so now we have Ricardo's here too. Uh, Hey, hey, Brandon. Well, he said hi to the people. I'm a people. So he was doing what you said. True, true, true. Um, Yeah, we're doing this through Zoom again because of, uh, you know, COVID COVID issues. Um, Ricardo's out gallivanting, trying to bring us all Omicron or something. It's Brandon. Oh, no. No, it's, uh, you know, we're just being better safe than sorry this week. So, uh, yeah, guys. um, So we're in in COVID protocols and... And Ricardo's a super spreader. Got it. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, if you guys could listen to this podcast, like, share, rate, review, do all that good stuff wherever you uh, listen to podcasts. Remember, now you can uh, rate on Spotify. So if everybody could go do that, five stars only, please. Uh, we would really appreciate it. So, yeah, guys. Oh, um, I thought, I thought uh, Spotify was getting canceled this week. Well, no, no, it's it's no, no, it's not getting canceled. It's just Neil Young free, right? Is that what okay. I understand? Man, imagine being that's so exactly ready. it. Ricardo's catching what I'm putting down. Just imagine how much, uh, how rich you would have to be to be like, now nah, Spotify, I'm good. I don't need your your residual checks. Anyway, um, that's neither here nor there. We are we have a great episode today, guys. I, I was able to. Uh, connect with this gentleman named Devin Colbert uh, from down in Texas. And he is uh, an amateur neuroscientist, basically. And uh, the guy came with, uh, with the heat, really, man. He's, uh, he's been studying. Um, he's a retired firefighter. Uh, he, he's a quadriplegic. Uh, was injured about nine years ago and started uh, when he, re- he, they were able to keep letting him work at the uh, fire station though. So he, he uh, kept working there for an, another five or six years. And just, uh, you know, about 18 months ago, I guess he retired and started kind of full bore researching uh, the effects of psilocybin on spinal cord injuries. And that's super interesting to me. Um, you know, I've done mushrooms before and, uh, you know, never, never in, for a medical purpose, but I'm, I'm in man. So, uh, hey, you know, how I know, you know, Jeremy, you know how I know that it wasn't for a medical purpose because you called LSD acid. <laughs> <laughs> True, man. What a, I never did. Yeah, I've never done LSD, but I have done, I did mushrooms once and I liked it a lot. So I never did it again, but, um, you know, it, it's just super interesting. And that combined with that, the CHABC that is the abbreviation for that other, uh, the other chemical he was talking about that um, he thinks in conjunction with the psilocybin could really, I guess, re, you know, get neurons reconnecting, get, um, you know, just everything, everything moving again. I mean, at least up to some level, because just that CHABC stuff, he said, restored like 27% of uh, movement and and uh, yeah, locomotion. I guess in dogs that had suffered spinal cord injuries, which was crazy. So um, 
he thinks that, that the combination using that to kind of disintegrate the scar tissue and and that sort of stuff will let the uh the psilocybin really take effect and get stuff moving and reconnect neurons things like that so um you know i'm just i'm, I'm like the dancing that. neurons that, like the dancing neurons that dr um um dr stuff stuff was talking about yeah that's what this reminded me of right so it was kind of a natural way of uh introducing that same type of activity because he discussed about how it just set him on fire right you know and all his nerves and things were moving around and uh, and other people that um had been uh, spinal cord injuries where they had taken it um and i like his his very scientific approach to it so yeah. um yeah he's not yeah. just like a, yeah he's not just some random dude doing you know trying to get high on mushrooms or lsd he's trying to trying to really find a cure man well yeah. if i could bring it if i could bring it full circle uh speaking of um this week i think i'm going to be on on team joe rogan for spotify because um it was in fact the joe rogan podcast that inspired him to really dive into psilocybin, right? And um, Paul Stamets, uh, who was on Joe Rogan's podcast, um, shout out Evergreen State College, by the way. Yeah, I told him um, after, I don't, I don't think I said it during the interview, but I told him that afterwards that we're like right down the- Nice. Right down the street. Yeah, I mean, uh, to, to just like be inspired to dig into something because we, I mean, we dug into a lot of things, Jeremy and Ricardo on this podcast, but I don't think that we've taken it to a level where, I mean, genuinely, I would say he's getting close to expert level on the re amount of research he's done on his own. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and I think all I, over the world or, you know, all over, all over the country and, and yeah, probably all over the world too. I don't know. Well, I, I think this podcast is starting to, um, have some synergy and getting a catalyst of all these people together recently, Jeremy, people are listening, they're hearing it. They want to collaborate. It's exciting. It's exciting news. It is. It is. Yeah. So it's, what, um, it's like you said, Jay, that, that's what the mission is. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I was just trying to connect uh, and that's, you know, I mean, yeah, he's working on getting a, a trial started on this thing. So um, it, it's exciting, man. And, uh, I'm, I'm excited for everybody to hear this. Let's, uh, let's get to that interview with Devin right now. And, uh, you know, we'll come back on the other side and talk for one more minute. This week on the live to walk again podcast, we are excited to be able to visit with Devin Colbert. He's a retired Garland, Texas firefighter. Uh, and according to his Instagram page, he's an amateur neuroscientist and professional quadriplegic. Uh, how you doing, Devin? Welcome to the show, man. Doing good, Jeremy. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so glad we were uh, we were able to to connect on this. Uh, I know. So so basically, a little pre preface for all of this uh, this conversation we're going to get into. Um, you know, I, I had done the interview with Dr. Samuel Stupp a few weeks ago, and and Devin reached out to me and uh, had some some really interesting uh, findings that we're gonna we're gonna dig into a little bit later here. Um, but yeah, you know, Devin, just to start out, you know, for anybody that doesn't know your story already, um, you know, how were you injured? Uh, so I was involved in a, a car accident about nine years ago. Um, 
I was uh, on my way to go Christmas shopping and uh, got hit kind of right behind the uh, rear tire. I uh, rolled my vehicle three times, uh, broke my neck, and uh, that was it. Um, knew instantly I was paralyzed. Uh, car landed right back up. And uh, just so happened that it happened in the uh, town I was a volunteer fire, uh, fireman in as well. So uh, all the guys I worked with ended up working on me. And uh, it was quite, a, quite an experience. Wow. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. I mean, so being a, a volunteer firefighter like that, um, did you know? I mean, did you lose consciousness or were you, were you kind of uh, kind of awake during the process? Did you kind of know automatically like, man, this is not good? Uh, oh, yeah, no, I knew exactly. Uh, as soon as uh, as soon as the first uh, as soon as I felt the car start rolling, I kind of knew that it was going to be bad. And uh, uh, neck broke, knew instantly I was paralyzed. The first person walked up, uh, never lost consciousness said he was going to pull me out. I said, don't touch me. Next broken, checking my son. Uh, and then that's when uh, everybody else started showing up and uh, told them, you know, hold my C-spine, you know, and then that's when they started working on getting me out. Wow. At least you, at least you had the, you know, the knowledge to be able to like, yeah, don't, don't move me. I see yeah. your, son, your son was with you as well. That must've been pretty traumatic. Yeah, he was, uh, it was about six days before his second birthday. So, um, uh, he didn't have a scratch on him. And, uh, besides my neck being broken, I didn't have a, uh, another scratch on me. So felt very blessed in the, in that aspect. Yeah. Wow. That that's, yeah. Thank God he wasn't injured at all. That that's, uh, that's amazing. Uh, so then yeah. how long, how long did you have to, um, you know, go through, did you, where'd you go through like your rehab and stuff like that with, what level injury are you? Like, did that do neck fusion, all that sort of stuff? So I'm a I'm a C5, C6. Uh, they did a lectomy on me, did a cage, uh, I think, from a C3 all the way down to the C7. Uh, and uh, spent two years doing um, – I did my inpatient rehab at Baylor uh, here in uh, Dallas. Um, and then did about two years of just outpatient rehab. Um, and then I went back to work in the office doing uh, a custodian of records and um, uh, just all different types of various things within the fire department uh, in the office. Oh. Doing training, uh, became a, a certified instructor, uh, uh, instructor for the guys. Um I was a certified inspector uh, and plans reviewer, um, and then I spent six years in the office before I uh, ended up retiring medical, uh, medically. Okay, that's very cool that they were able to, to put you back to work in, in the office to, you know, to keep keep working and keep stay out there involved with the fire department. Um, so were you, so I know you, you, you described yourself as an amateur neuroscientist. Was this something that was always kind of uh, like peak, uh, you know, of interest to you, or is it something that after the after the injury, you know, made you stumble across it? Uh, so it was actually only in about the past eighteen months. Um, uh -huh. Yeah. So really, uh, I retired back in September, and when I was in the office, uh, spent a lot of time. 
listening to Joe Rogan, uh, you know, to pass the time, you know, in his podcast. And uh, what really kind of led me down this path was I listened to his interview with Paul Stamets. And he was talking about the um, the possible neuroregenerative effects of psilocybin, um, lion's mane, and niacin. And so, whenever I retired, I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of look into this, you know, see what you know the possibilities are of, of this. And so, the first time I tried taking uh, his the Stamets stack. Um, I noticed that, uh, when I took the psilocybin and I took low doses too, I, um, I, I started off with, uh, 250 milligrams, but now I'm, I'm taking 50 milligrams. Um, but when I first took it, I noticed that I had spasms from my injury level down. I was like, all right, well, this is, you know, what's, what's going on with this? And so with those spasms, I was like, all right, something's happening. Uh, you know, what's going on? And that's kind of what led me down this neuroscience path, figuring out why when I took this, this happened. And so it uh and most real, of the- real quick, Devin, did you so when you take the lower doses now, does do you have the same the same amount of spasms or it was like much, much greater when you were taking 250 milligrams of the psilocybin. So in that, that's, that's definitely, um, 250 milligrams. I saw more spasms and I saw more, uh, uh, muscles, uh, uh, being enacted and everything like that. Postural muscles, you, uh, posture, you'd see, uh, better posture, um the thighs they would go off like the they were being um stimulated by electrostimulation you see clonus in both feet uh like i'd be wheeling my wheelchair the feet would be going like they were doing in a walking pattern so there was definitely an action of the central pattern generator and and again these are just my thoughts and my theories um nobody's Nobody's studying this right now, and I'm really hoping that somebody will, uh, especially with doing this podcast with you, that somebody will look at the interaction that it takes. So most of the uh, work being done uh, right now uh, is, you know, with uh, anxiety, PTSD, depression, everything like that. Well, that's due to the interaction that psilocybin has with uh, the 5-HT system, uh, the 5-HT receptors uh, in the brain. Now, those receptors are also found throughout the rest of the body, um, and they're responsible for locomotion, uh, sensory, um, pro-nociception, nociception, bladder function, uh, things like that. Well, after an injury, those receptors specifically, there's seven families of them, uh, but there's 14 subfamilies. And I apologize. I know I'm talking to a lot of science. Um, no, I'm, inter- I'm interested, man. I feel, yeah, I'm, 
most of this is going over my head, but I'm definitely going to be listening back to it and taking notes. And no, it's, it's, it's super interesting though. Yeah. Go ahead, man. Don't, don't, uh, don't worry about it at all. And that's, that's one thing I urge everybody to do that's listening, do your research. Um, uh, call me out on what I'm wrong on because I, I want to know what I'm wrong on because that's, that's really what I'm finding is, is, uh, the more answers I find, the more questions I have. So, right. uh, and again, I, I'm, I'm an amateur at this. Uh, and so, th- again, these are just my thoughts and these are my findings and what I think the science is going to be going to uh, in the future once they start looking into it. So there's seven uh, families and 14 subfamilies, uh, specifically um, 5-HT1A, 5-HT2A, and 5-HT2C. Following an injury, those become responsible for, uh, they undergo a change, a physiological change to become responsible for muscle spasticity and functional motor recovery. So with psilocybin being a serotonin agonist, my thought is, is, that's where that muscle spasticity comes in. It's that interaction the psilocybin's having with those three specific um, receptors. And so my thought is, is if it's responsible for muscle spasticity, the other ladder of that should be uh, true as well, functional motor recovery. And so I've noticed that since I've been taking these small, you know, 50 milligram doses, um, my workouts have gotten stronger. Um, my balance has gotten better. Um, the, my triceps, you know, like I said, I'm a C5, C6. I'm getting my triceps back in there. They're starting to get stronger. So there's small little gains, but again, the spinal cord heals at a very slow rate to begin with. Um, but my thought is, is if you can elicit a response or, uh, enact the serotonin system both above and below your injury level that somehow some way uh, some form of reconnection should work its way through that extracellular matrix uh, and make some form of meaningful reconnection well yeah that, I mean that's very interesting because you said you're nine years removed from your your injury already so you know a lot of times people have either slowed way, way, way down or stopped getting things back by then. So, I mean, that's exciting, man. Just being able to, to feel yourself getting stronger with those workouts. So, uh, I, I would say within the past, the, especially the past eight months, um, I've noticed a, a significant change uh, and significant improvements as well. And then that, that kind of led me to my, my second part of my research, too, was uh, uh, the cells that are in the system following the injury, the, uh, they're called CSPGs, chondroitin sulfate proteoglycans. Okay. I can't believe you remember all these words, man. So, so I, like, I tried to read through some of the stuff, and I was like, holy crap. I'm, I'm, just using, the, I'm using all abbreviations. But, yeah, go, go ahead, man. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. You're good. So – these CSPGs, they're actually uh, neuron inhibiting, uh, so they stop any type of neuron growth, any type of uh, 
a neuron outreach or anything like that. So they have to be removed somehow from the system uh, to uh, to really start any kind of really kind of regrowth, repair, or reconnection. So these CSPGs, uh, they can actually be degraded or digested by an enzyme uh, that's called chondroitinase ABC. Um, now, this enzyme is found from a bacteria called uh, Proteus vulgaris. Now, they've, uh, they've researched this enzyme decades now, uh, and they're getting really close to doing some really cool clinical trials. I'm really hoping that um, they come to fruition really soon because it's not a magic bullet. And I don't think anything in spinal cord injury is a magic bullet. I don't think stem cells. I don't think Schwann cells. I don't think psilocybin. I don't think, I don't think one thing is going to work. It's going to be, it's going to be a combination of things. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, that's actually, that's one of our like main focuses here with the live Milwaukee as we know, you know, it's, yeah, so there's, there's not going to be one single answer. And, and a lot of these people that are researching this stuff are, are pretty, you know, laser focused on their one kind of lane of what they're doing. And so it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, being able to, to bring stuff like this to, to, to the public or, you know, so people can hear this um, and maybe a doctor will hear this and, and think like, Hey, this might work in conjunction with what I'm doing. Right. And I, and I'm, I'm really hopeful on this too. So I'm a, uh, I've been, I've been reaching out to doctors, uh, you know, all over the world. I've, I've spoken to many, many different, uh, lead scientists and lead researchers and lead doctors. But, um, so my, my thought is, is that if you can inject this chondroitinase, um, into the sub layer of the spinal cord, um, it'll last about six and a half days. Uh, and with the degradation of the CSPGs, you now have an optimal environment, uh, for neuronal outgrowth and, uh, uh, outreach because you've eliminated that, um, that inhibitory function, if you will. Right. Now, following that, now with those cells removed, that's where the psilocybin would really come into play because it is a serotonin agonist. It would definitely elicit the response and um, pretty much liven, liven the system, uh, the central pattern generator. So whenever you start doing functional uh, or uh, the FES bike or locomotive, uh, locomat uh, training, or even VR in my thoughts, that it's going to allow those neurons to grow through that, um, you know, that scar tissue and start making those uh, reconnections. That was going to be my next question was how you thought scar tissue was going to impact or inhibit the, uh, the reconnection or the, the growth there. So that's what the scar tissue is. is it's that uh, those CSPGs. Okay. And so with that, with that enzyme, uh, it pretty much eats away that scar tissue. Uh, and it'll, again, in my thoughts, it'll almost revert that, revert it back into neuron producing, um, uh, cells. Now, and, and 
my biggest, there's a 2017 study out of, a, I believe it's Iowa State. One of the lead investigators, his name was Dr. Nick Jeffrey. They did a study on 60 dogs. Um, now, these dogs, they these are family pets. So these weren't dogs that, you know, they they went out and got. These, these dogs were recruited through veterinarians and everything like that. These were chronically injured dogs. Um, and so what they did was they tested the safety and efficacy of this. So 30 of the dogs received Pilsenase and 30 of them received the Chondroitinase. Out of those 30 dogs that received the chondroitinase, they saw a increase in forelimb and hindlimb coordination of 23% and three or 10%. So three of the dogs were actually able to start self-ambulating again. Now this was after one treatment uh, and it was a 60 day follow-up. So the side effects that they saw and noticed were diarrhea and that was in both, um, both uh, test subjects, but that could have been due to, you know, uh, dietary, anything like that. Right. But the biggest thing in my eyes was the 23% uh, increase in coordination and 10% of them starting to walk again on their own. That's amazing. Yeah. I'll, t- I'll take that around for a while, but if I could walk again, man, like, let's go. Uh, well, you know, that's, that's one of the biggest uh, Biggest things to me, though, is any you may even relate to this is that uh, hands, hands to me, if I were to get hands back, that would just be a world of a game changer. Uh, yeah, and so yeah that, that would, hands and the hands and trunk support, man, like that would be, I mean, oh. the hands by themselves, yeah, it would be amazing too. So, yeah, and so that's where I saw, you know, that 23% increase, and so. You know, using a, an outcome of measure, it's it's hard to say, um, you know, in my eyes, what what somebody's research would deem successful. Because to me, any little thing that comes back is a success. Yeah. So, no, I, yeah, I hear you, man. That That's exciting. Um, so you think that the the. the combining the the ch abc what, what, what i forget what quote uh yes the with the, so you think combining that with the psilocybin is going to just kind of boost that even because the the study from iowa state didn't didn't uh have psilocybin included in that at all right no 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 and so yeah psilocybin has really been one of my main aspects of the neuroregenerative effects of it um uh, because of what I have seen as far as the muscle spasticity that it does enact, uh, like I said, those receptors, they're responsible for muscle spasticity and then functional motor recovery. And so I've seen increased coordination just in my overall daily activities of, you know, just being able to use tenodesis, uh, picking even up, you know, just small things. Uh, with my fingers I've seen um, you know uh, increased strength in the the muscles that I do have control over Um, but then also too the other aspect of it too is the neuropathic pain relief uh, that comes with it and that has been huge uh, in my eyes really so so it's helping with that as well Heidi that's amazing 
Yes. And in fact, um, uh, that is in correlation with that 5-HT2A receptor. So a lot of times, you know, they use SSRIs or gabapentin, um, amitriptyline, uh, and things of that nature to help with the neuropathic pain. Well, those are to help hit that specific receptor, the 5-HT2A receptor. Now, those receptors, they get upregulated after your injury. Now, another aspect of this, too, is called the KCC2 uh, ion channel. I believe it's the potassium chloride is a transporter channel. After an injury, that one actually gets downregulated as well. Studies have shown that if you can enact the 5-HT2A receptor, that it actually helps bring that, that KCC2 channel back up uh, to homeostasis. So by enacting those receptors, you can help bring up those ion channels, which helps bring that neuropathic pain back down. And again, researchers out there, please check me on this. Uh, again, I'm not an expert. This is just kind of the pieces that I've been trying to put together. I love that you're doing this, Devin. This is this is cool, man. And so how long, I guess, how long has it been since you actually started taking psilocybin and, and, and like when you took that first dose and had, you know, massive spasms until now? Like, what's the time frame um, on that? I guess I started doing this in September of 2020. Okay. okay. No, I got you. I got you. So um, about eight. 18 months. Okay. And are you taking it pretty consistently then now? So, yes, once I kind of figured out the dosage, um, because like I said, I started off with the 250s, not really knowing it, because again, there's there's no sign, there's no research out there as, you know, as far as the take or anything. So it's been a lot of trial by error. Um, But I never went over like one gram, never wanted to, never wanted to elicit the psychological effects of it, the hallucinogenic effects. So, but I did research that once you started going over that one gram, uh, uh, two grams, everything like that, that's when that really starts happening. I will say that I did do, um, uh, <laughs> I did do a hero's dose on act at one time. I took seven grams. And that was a very, very found, but I did notice the same muscle spasticity at seven grams as I do, uh, as low as a hundred, uh, milligrams. Okay. Wow. That, yeah. Hero, (laughs) hero's dose. I like that. That's a, that must've been a wild night, man. I remember those days from high school. (laughs) Well, and and again, I, I'd never done mushrooms, um, and so this, this has really been something that uh, I've tried to take on as a very scientific approach, especially the microdosing. Now, the, the seven grams one, that was something, I've, like I said, I've never done them. It was something I wanted to experience to try and see, you know, what kind of walls I might have had put up following my injury and everything like that. But since starting the microdose, uh, 50 to 100 milligrams, the neuropathic pain relief that comes with it. I'm, I'm seeing pain relief for six to eight hours. 
and I think that's because um, that's about how long it takes to metabolize through the liver. And so that's my thought process on that is, is you know, you might be able to dose it out throughout your day uh, to help keep that pain level, those pain levels down. Um, I usually take about, <clears throat> I'll take it about three times a week. Um, and so, and I'll, I'll notice the effects on the days that I don't take it as well. So, um, so you don't have uh, taking the small, the micro dosing, you don't feel any like psychoactive or whatever. You're, you're not hallucinating. No, nothing like no. that. Um, yeah, that's, that's so interesting, man. And so you're, you're doing it a few times a week and is it, um, do you take it like in a capsule form or like how, how are you ingesting it? Yes. Yeah. So I, I found, um, yes, I, uh, I take them in small little 50 milligram capsules, uh, and I take it with, uh, 500 milligrams of niacin and one gram of lion's mane okay. with vitamin D as well. Now, and that, that, that was the other thing I wanted to do too, was I, when I started all this out, I, I took the niacin by itself. I took, the lion's mane by itself. I took different combinations to make sure that it wasn't anything else causing the, the spasms or the pain relief. Um, and so, you know, I tried the different combinations of the psilocybin by itself, psilocybin, niacin, psilocybin and lion's mane and everything like that. But it was only the psilocybin that would cause those reactions. Okay. So yeah, so you know, you kind of trial and error it to make sure it wasn't any either of the other two things causing that. Right, right. Or or an interaction of anything like, like that. So it's it's only the psilocybin and it's the interaction with those five HT receptors that causes um causes that. Okay. Yeah. Um you know, I so I remember like in high school, I, I did mushrooms one time in high school and I, I liked them so much. I never did them again. Um, and then I got injured not long after that, but, um, yeah, I remember hearing that, that they can basically, if they did a spinal tap on you that they could like tell if you'd ever done mushrooms or acid or stuff, stuff like that. And I don't know like how true that is, but um, after a few years ago, another uh, guy I know who's a quadriplegic um, was telling me a story about how, you know, a couple years after his uh, injury, he did a bunch of mushrooms, like with a couple of his cousins or something and had like a crazy, he did like an eighth of uh, an ounce, I guess, which is probably like around seven, seven and a half, uh, seven and a half grams. And he said he, um, like his, and he had been doing them quite a bit up until that point. And, um, just had like massive muscle spasms, like his legs were straight out in front of him when he was sitting, like couldn't keep him down. Um, but then he had like a really bad reaction, like got super hot and had to be like, they had to take him to the hospital and pack him in ice. And like, he was nonverbal for like six, six months or something. And um, so he, I, and I was like getting ready to start trying microdosing at that time. And he's like, don't do it. It's, you know, I think it's like held in, in that spinal fluid and, and then it's like, you know, maybe it's like uh, getting into, you know, because you have a break in your spinal cord. And I was like, man, that's crazy because I hear so much good stuff about the microdosing. So, but that's interesting that the spasms 
like, I mean, he must have been having just like a massive, you know, hit of, uh, uh, or they, it must have been working basically and triggering all those muscles below the injury level. So what he might have been experiencing, because it is a serotonin agonist, he might have been going into what they call, and uh, again, you double check me on this. I want to say it's called um, a serotonin syndrome. Um, but you'll see it when people take uh, large doses of uh LSD and, and multiple over long periods of time. Um, but it can cause increased heart rate, increased body temperature, um, and things like that. Um, now that was the other thing too, that I think Paul Stamus talks about, and there there's other, uh, things that talk about microdosing as well. Start off taking it one day and then wait two or three days before you take your next dose. So in that way, you you can allow that serotonin to your system to kind of um, come back down. And again, I, I urge everybody to do their own research, look into everything, you know, read up and and uh, don't take just one person's word on on it. You know, I urge everybody to, you know, read up on what you're looking into first before, you know, taking anything. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. We're not, we're not giving any medical advice here. So right, right. Do, do your research, do your research. So, um, you know, one other question I had for you, Devin is, so you're in Texas, man. And I'm, I'm pretty sure like drugs are, are on another level there compared to, you know, I'm out here on the West coast and, and you know, things are, we're super, every, everything's liberal out here. So you can, you know, I, I know Colorado just uh, either decriminalized or, or legalized mushrooms or, or psilocybin yep. last year or two years ago. And I think uh, Washington and Oregon um, have it on the ballot coming up. So, you know, they're trying to, to do it here. Like what, I mean, are, are, how is it difficult? And if you want me to cut, I, I don't have to put this in there. If you, I'm not trying to put you on blast or anything, but, you know, is it, it's probably more difficult to get, get stuff like this down there that's going to, you know, it's not like you're sitting here trying to get high. You're just trying to figure out how to help yourself, you know, reconnect, uh, your body reconnect. Right. So. Right. And, and, and that was uh, one thing, whenever I first started going down this path and doing all the research and everything too, because, and again, that, like you said, I'm not sitting here trying to get high. I'm, I'm sitting here trying to figure out how this is helping me and how I can, I can help other people with this um yeah i mean there are some hoops I, I go through to trying to try and get it and i and i did reach out to uh um my lawyer just to make sure you know what kind of legal ramifications i might be looking at um but you know i told him like look i'm i'm looking at this from a a medical research standpoint um i'm looking at this from a standpoint of you know, what is this doing to the body? And so that's why, you know, I've, I can back it up with all the different papers that I've, I've saved and researched and studied over and read over and everything like that. I've re I've reached out to, there is a, um, uh, there is a state representative who is pushing for more research with psilocybin and he, 
he's looking at the PTSD and anxiety and depression aspect of it too. But uh, I really think I could piggyback off of this and try and get this push forward more because I do feel like there is true potential for stroke, um, spinal cord injury and everything like that to help uh, not only with um, recovery, but it, it just pain relief. Yeah. and get people off of uh you know much stronger uh painkillers and everything like that yeah that that's kind of the most interesting part of the whole thing to me was when you're when you're talking about the the pain relief aspect of it which you know and i mean it's like what's the yeah i, I don't think they're if it's not getting you you know you're not like tripping out or whatever and uh you know you're, it's just how it's it's medically help you know like uh really really medicinally helping you i guess in a, yes. a number of ways that's like i mean like what's the what's the damage it can really cause you know what i mean right no and i've uh i'm working on a uh, i have a case report uh it's going up uh for review right now with um uh it, the doctor's name is dr tim uh tim furnish He's with a UCSD uh, PHRI. Uh, that's the Psychedelic Health Research Initiative. Um, I reached out to him. I spoke with him in April of last year about the neuropathic pain relief. And so uh, him and Dr. Casignanos and Dr. Lai, they're writing a case report on it right now. And it's going up for... Uh, their review board and it should be published here before too long nice you have to let me know when that when that comes out i'd love to, to hear more about that too um yes yeah so you know where i guess you know five years from now where are you hoping this thing is at just where you think that we can have some studies accomplished and and you know and people being able to, to get this and, and try microdosing to, to rehabilitate from, from a spinal cord injury or what, what are your thoughts? Um, five years, five years from now, uh, I'm hoping that honestly in one year, I'm hoping in one year that I'll have the chondroitinase, um, tied down to where we can get the CSPGs out of the system and then have a physical therapy program that is psilocybin assisted uh, to be able to get people those reconnections going again. Man, this is, that's exciting. This, I mean, it seems, it seems like, you know, what the, what, what's the problem? Like, let's just try it. Let's, let's, let's try it out either way. You know, I mean, it doesn't seem like uh, too far fetched in, in my eyes. So, you know, right. Colbert, man, I appreciate you coming on the show, my man. I would love to have you back on, to, you know, as, as we go through this process and you know, hear more about once they, those doctors get the, the paper published. And then if we can get the Chondroitin, uh, the Chondroitin ace rolling, I, you yeah. know, I think uh, that's going to be the start of it. And then once we get that, uh, up and rolling and uh, get some attention going on the chondroitin ace. Um, the psilocybin, I'm telling you, it's a uh, if you compare the, the effects that it can cause 
Quipazine. They use Quipazine. And I'm sorry, I know we're trying to wrap it up, but. Oh, no, you're Quipazine, good, man. Go, go ahead. They'll use Quipazine and uh, another uh, pharmacological called 8-OH-DPAT. And those are used to target those same receptors to uh, elicit locomotion uh, within a clinical setting. Now, you can use psilocybin to uh, enact those same receptors that those two drugs are already hitting. Um, yes. Um, and so those are specific to those 5-HT, quibazines, uh, 5-HT2A, and I believe 8-OHD-PET might be the 2C, maybe be 3A. I, that, I'm, I'm picking that apart, but again, researchers out there look it up call me out on it and you know tell me where i'm wrong so i can figure it out and you know make it right because i want i want to get this right i want to be able to you know to show that you know this is something that is viable for people in chairs and you know it'd be helpful for us yeah i mean you know the the paper the research paper you sent to me uh through Instagram was was incredible, man. I'll I'll probably post that with the podcast if that's okay with you. And yeah, uh, you know that's just something I wrote up myself. Uh, yeah, no, I mean it was it sounded amazing. I mean I I've shown it to a few people and they were like, damn, we need to we need to try this, man, so we can get this thing pushed forward. Um, so yeah, you know I I think it's uh I think what you're on to something, Devin, and and I, I'm excited, man. I'm I'm excited for what this the, the possibilities this uh, presents. Well, Jeremy, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, it, you know, I'm, I'm very excited about it too. You know, I, I see what it's doing for me in my garage and uh, hopefully I can, uh, you know, get the word out there and help other people with it. Heck yeah, man. Well, hey, Devin, Devin Colbert, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for everything you're doing and, uh, and for coming on the show. I really uh, had a great time chatting with you. Jeremy, thank you. Thank you very much. All right, man. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you. Yep. All right, guys. That was uh, Devin Colbert. I can't thank him enough for being willing to come on from Texas and talk about stuff like that. So, uh, you know, thank you to him for the research. Yeah. And, and it's amazing. man. I'm, I'm excited. Well, you know, thank uh, a man's best friend, those dogs, right, to uh, go through some of this uh uh, research too you know they didn't uh, they were they were already uh, injured due to old age or whatever so nobody did any experiments on them and that's a very ethical behavior and i like seeing that yeah right? yeah that, that's very cool I'm, I'm interested and that was just with the that ch abc stuff um so i'm i'm interested in, in looking digging more into that um that study from iowa state that he was talking about um uh, but yeah, I mean, I was just, I was blown away that he was saying, you know, nine years into his injury that he's getting, he's regaining strength and, and movement. And, uh, exactly. I know. Triceps, yeah. his triceps are coming back. Like, you know, anybody out there that's a quadriplegic knows that's like one of your biggest, the biggest issues, man, not being able to use your quadri or your uh, triceps and, um, if, and yeah. core. Right. And, and you're, 27. Yeah. yeah. 20. If you can get 20 to 20, 30 percent back, like, I mean, that would be a game changer. So, yeah. Yeah. Baby steps. Right. Yeah. I'm excited, man. I'm just uh, I'm just uh, trying to trying to order some as we speak. So we're going to we're going to get into this. Uh, yeah. 
full bore here. We're gonna we're gonna sample it. It was uh, it so was the really Amazon cool Prime. He... Amazon Prime's paying off for you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. And they got a psilocybin on there now. I don't know, man. What were you gonna say there, Brandon? They got... No, I was gonna say the uh, the interesting part was how he kind of uh, boiled it down to a specific um, mixture of vitamins to accompany the psilocybin as well. Right. Yeah. With the, the niacin and, um, I forget the, uh, like, and just some other combinations of mushrooms like lion's mane and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to definitely, yeah, just I, I, I'm not just going to, yeah, I'm not just getting down on the psilocybin. I'm going to do the whole, the whole nine yards. So the whole regiment, the whole regiment. Exactly. And, you know, he, and he and made it clear. maybe one or two hero doses. Yeah, he made it clear that, uh, you know, he doesn't, you, you don't feel like any, like, psychoactive effects or anything. So, um, but yeah, just like the, the pain relief aspect of it, like, that's all just amazing, man. I'm, I'm super excited. Well, good job, Jeremy, pulling this guy in this week. Nice, nice work. Thanks, thanks. I I, he reached out to me. I can't thank him enough for, for being willing to come on. And uh, yeah, we, we uh, just another, another incredible guest. I think next week um, or at some point in the next two weeks before the, the Super Bowl, we're going to get um, Eddie and Chris Canales, maybe just Chris Canales uh, from the Gridiron Heroes Foundation back on the show just to kind of keep, keep their foundation in, in the, the front the forefront of people's minds with, with the big game coming up uh, in a couple of weeks, because, you know, the NFL is not, they're, they're really all about donating to charities, but not charities that, um, you know, talk about the, the kind of the dark side of football. So I'm excited to talk to those guys again. We're going to, we're going to get some Friday night lights talk in this week because I know that was a, like uh, that character of Jason Street from Friday Night Lights was based on Chris Canales, so uh, it's pretty pretty cool uh, cool thing that that they're doing, and yeah, I definitely want to want to get them on again. So, you guys got anything else? <laughs> we good? No, no, just a great job again, Jeremy. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, amazing guest. Yeah, he was Devin was amazing. I'm I'm hoping to catch up with him again. He's uh. You know, he's, and that's the thing. He's, he's like, I'll, I'll be the first, the first participant in the study. I'm good to go. Let's, you know, let's do this thing. So, uh, I think he's, uh, he's on the right track and I, I want to be, I want to, want to follow along with this. So yeah. All right, guys. If uh, anybody can listen, like, share, rate, review, do all that good stuff for us. We appreciate it. We will be back next week with another amazing guest until then. Thanks guys. Thank you. All right. Yeah, thanks, guys. Talk to you soon.